Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grombacher and time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Dr. Wendy O'Connor. Wendy, are you ready to do this? I am ready, George. Let's do it. Excellent. Dr. Wendy is a marriage and family therapist. She is a love and relationship coach and media consultant. I'm excited to have you on. Wendy, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I have a doctorate in psychology, and I'm also a certified uh, life coach. And um, I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up with a father who was in the business, show business. Um, he's 88. He's still producing and directing TV shows. Nice. And yeah. And then my mom was very famous at one time. She was the first, her and her sister were the first identical twins for Double McGum. Whoa. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, then my brother, my sister, everybody in my family pretty much Grew up producers, directors, uh, kind of behind the scenes. So I grew up watching my dad direct a lot and produce and, and work with these incredible um, big personalities. And uh, then at some point, um, when you grow up in Los Angeles, instead of like, what college are you going to? It's, it's kind of like, who, who's your agent? So, <laughs> right. you, you know, you... you, you you know, go to college sometimes, but it's uh, it's a lot about in the business. And um, so naturally, I kind of studied acting and dancing for a long time, and it was not fulfilling. I, I love dancing, but I got injured, so I could not do that anymore. And uh, I tried acting for a long time, and that was fun. But I just kept saying meaning, purpose, and passion. Mm. This is not what I'm here for. And it's not to disrespect anybody who's in the business. I grew up watching it. Um, I think it's very important. But, you know, I would go to auditions and they would say, you're too tall, you're too short. Well, they never said I'm too tall. I'm not going to lie. I'm <laughs> petite. I'm 5'2". I wish they said I'm too tall. Um, but, you know, they, they you know, would just, uh, it, it, it was, I would get rejected all the time. And I said, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't put here to just get rejected and not do what I love. And the, although it's fun, got to be something else so my friend said you know why don't you become a preschool teacher with me it's fun and the hours are good you can audition and I had this wonderful woman who oh my god she was in her 80s the director of a preschool and she said what are you going to do with your life and I said uh I don't know we'll just see and you know and she looked at me and she goes she held my hand she said I hope you marry rich and she walked away (laughs) And I said, oh, my God, what did you just say? I ran after her. And she said, I hope you marry rich. She said, you don't have a life plan. Mm. You're amazing with children. And you need to go back to school. But she said, you know, it's it's okay. She said, I just 
I hope you marry rich. And she walked away. <laughs> and my heart dropped. And I was 28 years old. And I said, oh, my God, I got to go back to school. So that day I jumped in my car and went right to a junior college, registered for everything, and um, stayed in school from 28 all the way until in my 40s, finishing my PhD. And uh, I focused, I was, you know, loved being a preschool teacher for many, many years, but then I focused on the kids that really had social, emotional, and the academic problems. And I said, that's, that's tapping my soul. So that is meaning, purpose, and passion. And um, then I worked at a wonderful organization for 18 years that worked with inner city kids, gang population, juvenile hall kids, really hardcore crisis intervention, trauma, um, addiction, and mental illness. And then I opened my private practice at the same time I was working in my agency. And um, yeah, I and then and then I said goodbye to my agency and just continued my private practice for many years. And now in January, I'm opening my life coaching business, which is uh, really exciting. I have all these people who are amazing certified life coaches. And um, my my new business is going to be matching people. They get an assessment and then I'm going to kind of, it's kind of like blind dating, but I'm going to match them with a life coach um, because not all the time everybody needs therapy. Sometimes they need just in the action, you know, in the community doing certain things to prove that they can push through uh, whatever their struggles are. So therapy is great. And sometimes we do the blend of a little therapy, a little life coaching, but um, you know, there's many different ways to get to the same goal. Well, I appreciate that. And, and what a, what a gift that that person gave you years ago saying, I hope you marry rich and, uh, and, and what an exciting time as, as, as you embark upon this new endeavor. So. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you know, you, 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 you know, my father always said, and like I said, he's 88 years old and still doing what he loves. And he always said to me, do what you love and the money will come. Mm-hmm. Nice. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when, when people ask you what you do, what, what do you tell them? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I help people move to the next level in their lives by helping them identify meaning, purpose, and passion and um, and I clear the static of whatever is getting in the way. And so I call it the war stories. Um, you know, if people come from trauma, um, you know, trauma can look very differently. So my my new business is called trafficlightcenter.com. And basically, uh, for years, what I have done is helped people identify, and I use the traffic light as an example. Red light issues are crisis. Yellow light issues are, you know, we're flirting with dangerous or uncomfortable things or or struggles. And then green light is very important to help people identify their strengths. And so our goal, my goal, is to help people get in the green. So, so, um, you know, my main thing is helping people work on secure attachment in real life and in cyberspace. So um, anybody can come to me and I'm the therapist in Los Angeles that takes all the cases nobody wants. Um, 
I have a lot of people who call me and say, oh, three therapists said no to me. I know you'll say no to me. And and I always say yes, because I want to learn. If I, I want to learn what, what is so overwhelming, what's so scary. I'm about a team approach. So I'll always find someone to assist, to help, to support. But, um, you know, a lot of people come to me and they say, you know, I don't think you can help me. And I'm a big dreamer. So I, I help people who... And like I said, you know, it's not just me, it takes a team. So sometimes it's a life coach, sometimes it's a psychiatrist, sometimes it's a, um, you know, just a mentor can be so many different things. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, in the world of personal finance, where where uh, where where I hang out most of the time, it is so personal. So everybody's needs are going to be different. So so I totally get that. You mentioned secure attachment. I, I, I don't know what that is. Secure attachment, in a nutshell, is basically there's many different types of theories, and secure attachment is where we believe that um, the that that half of your bio your biology is very important. So uh, you know who, your mother, your father, your genetic history is very important. Um, it doesn't mean that you know if, if there's addicts in the family or addiction, it doesn't mean you will be addicted, but it's something to be mindful of. If there's, you know, mental illness, um, schizophrenia, bipolar, even depression or anxiety, it's important to be mindful of somebody's biology, so your genetic history. And then every single experience leading up to this very moment, so um, with your caregivers. So for instance, if people grew up with an anxious mom, that's going to affect someone in some way or a depressed father that's going to affect someone in some way. So your genetic history and then based on the attachment figures in your life and then seeing who you are and, and where your struggles are. And usually we kind of look at um, the messages, what you got from your caregivers. It could even be in a foster home. It could be in a grandparent that raised you. Um, you know, and, and then kind of a lot of people have different types of attachment. There's anxious attachment, there's avoidant attachment, there's insecure attachment, there's secure attachment. Um, so anybody can come to me and say, you know, uh, I'm, I, I'm so nervous. I can't date. I can't get out of the house. I feel very insecure. And then we kind of take a look at it and see what, what the struggles are and what gets in the way. Um, you know, and then we, we look at, oh, okay, you had two parents who really stayed at home all the time. They never went out. Well, you know, behaviorally, it might be something new for you. So I might talk about that impact, the emotional impact, but then I might get a life coach to go, okay, let's do some homework. We're going to practice getting this person out. We're going to go to, um, you know, restaurants and we're going to go to, you know, coffee places and bookstores and we're going to help that person do it's kind of like exposure therapy and we're going to give them new experiences that they never had before and so kind of prove to them you're not your father you're not your mother you know in the negative ways we want to kind of extract the positives maybe they had a very funny upbringing and some funny parents but you know they had struggles other way so we want to work on their strengths and and try kind of extract hope and again focus on meaning purpose and passion Got it. Well, I think that that makes all the sense in the world. Talking about it in terms of nature versus nature and nurture, and yes, 
and what your current struggles are and then attempting to sort of diagnose and then once you recognize what the real struggles are, the static, looking backwards and trying to find the sources and, 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 and address those. Um, <clears throat> I think that, that certainly makes sense. How do you how do you then bridge the gap from from moving from red to green or you try to work on those at the same time? That's a great question. Um, so first I help people identify it because sometimes people can be in crisis, you know, when I work with couples and they're addicted to fighting, they might not know that. So my first uh, struggle with them is identifying uh, the triggers, you know, so kind of pointing out that fighting might equal love. If they grew up with parents who fought um, and they fight, they're just in a bad you know, a behavioral habit. So when I identify, do they have any red flag issues? And and what are red flag issues? Um, if somebody comes from divorce, they might not see that as a trauma. And it's possible it's not a trauma. Um, they might be extremely resilient, you know? So again, I want to kind of point out what the green, what the green light issues are. It's great that they got married, but the red flag issues are, we got to get a hold of this fighting. So identifying the triggers, um, again, what is a red flag issue to them? Because everybody can have different red flag issues. It's not what I think is a red flag issue. If it stops them in their life, you know, from moving forward, that's important. Um, obviously, there's basic red flag issues like suicidal behavior or homicidal behavior or, um, you know, serious addiction, mental illness. I mean, there's some, some serious obvious ones. Um, but then we move them to feel uh, that they're able to use some coping strategies. So for instance, a red flag issue or red light issue might be they're very depressed and um, it's very hard to go to work every day. And so we might, um, you know, talk about, you know, oh, you know, they, they're, they're, um, they're scared of their boss. So we might help them to say, okay, when you go to work, Let's help you with a coping strategy. Take a deep breath when you see your boss. Smile. Um, you know, you, you can um, you know, be a little distracted. Like we can give them, you know, listen to music in your office or whatever it is, something to relax them so they have a different experience. And then once they come back and they go, oh, my gosh, you know, I listen to a funny song or a funny, um, you know, YouTube video and they put me in a different mood. I smiled at my boss. My boss actually smiled at me. And I came home a little happier. Then we want to say, wow, you had a green light experience. And so my goal is to build on those strengths. Got it. Yeah, I think that makes all sense. How, how do people know oftentimes when it's time to seek help from somebody else? If it is a, uh, if it is a therapist or psychologist or, or, or a life coach. When people feel stuck, when they don't feel happy, when they feel hopeless or helpless, when their regular lives, daily activities are interrupted. So if they're not functioning in, in work or they're not functioning at home or relationships or other people might say, you know, have you thought about seeing someone or talking to someone? You know, I call that the audience. So sometimes we have other people who might really reflect 
good observations that we might not want to take in. Some friend might say, or a couple friends might say, you know, Bob, I'm sorry, I'm a little worried that you are drinking too much. You might want to take a look at it. And that person might go, no, it's not a big deal. Meanwhile, he's getting, you know, a DUI or something. And, you know, you, you got to hit bottom also. Hmm. So sometimes very, you know, very healthy people who are in the green still want to come to therapy or do life coaching because they might say, can you give me an observation? How do you think I'm doing? Is there anything else? You know, those are typically like perfectionistic people or people who are overachievers or um, maybe they came from parents who really uh, pushed them hard. So they're kind of used to, uh-oh, if I, if I have nothing going on, I might need someone to kind of give me some more homework in life. Sure. So it can look many different ways. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. Well, Wendy, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, one of the tips that I always talk about is stay open. That is my metaphor. That is my, my go-to statement for everything. Um, part of people who struggle with insecure attachment or anxious attachment or even avoidant attachment, people who are very, um, you know, helpless or hopeless, they just don't have any hope that things can change. I say that's okay. And it's okay to feel however you feel. But in therapy, we separate feelings versus facts. And so sometimes it's just important to look at the evidence. So you might have someone highly successful who said, oh, I'm not successful at all. So is that a feeling or a fact? So we kind of separate it and we look at the evidence. And this person is flowing in money and flowing in relationships. But there's something else that they're just not really fulfilled. So we kind of have to help them to get, uh, you know, to challenge them and get more excited about life. But the one thing I always ask is people stay open and have willingness, even if you can't see the outcome. If you have willingness to try new things, then sky's the limit. You, you really can create a whole new life for yourself in a very positive direction. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. And Wendy, yeah. thank, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? And where can they learn about the new, um, the new endeavor? Oh, thank you so much for having me on, George. This is awesome. Um, so they can find me at www.drwendyoconnor.com. And that's spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R. Wendy O'Connor, O-C-O-N-N-O-R.com. And uh, they can also, I'm on Twitter at Ask. Dr. Wendy, I'm on Instagram at I am Dr. Wendy, and uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, they can also call for a free assessment, whether it's for therapy or life coaching, even if they're not sure. Um, 310-712-1230, 310-712-1230, and uh, my traffic light. Center will be up and running my new uh, endeavor. I'm so excited about it. January 3rd, it goes live. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Wendy your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to drwendyoconnor.com, D O C T O R W E N D Y O C O N N. OR.com. Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and then look for Traffic Light Center in January. 
Thank you again, Wendy. Oh, thank you so much, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.